thank you for this opportunity to bring your word this morning. I thank you that you always have a good message for us, a good word for us. And we just ask, Lord, that our hearts would be open to receive from you today. Speak through me, Father. I'll bring to mind the things I should speak and remove from my mind the things that are not necessary this morning. Bless your word as it goes forth, Father, and bless those who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is alive, right? There's no God besides our God. And there's none other worthy of our worship and our praise. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Isaiah chapter 43 this morning. It's come up in conversation in, in our prayer meetings quite a bit lately. God is doing a new thing in this day. Right? <coughs> so Isaiah 43 Verse 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Forget the old things. Today is a new day. Right? Today is a new day. Resurrection Sunday. If this was 2,000 whatever years ago... It would have been the beginning of a new era. The new beginning, today. Whatever happened yesterday is done. You can't change it. You can't repeat it. There are no do-overs. Right? Today is a new day. The only thing you can do with yesterday is learn from it. What you enjoyed about yesterday is a fond memory. What you regret about yesterday is a lesson. Learn from it and move on. I hear people talking about the glory days, the best time of their lives. And now the best time of their lives leaves them with regret because they have nothing new to live for. Their lives are over because it's all in the glory days. It's all about yesterday and how great yesterday was. On the flip side, there are those who are constantly talking about their regrets, whether self-inflicted or otherwise, and they too are prevented from living today. What you hear is, when I was young, I did this and this. Those were the days. Or... I remember when so-and-so did such-and-such. And And that's why I am the way I am today. Right? How many times do we hear that? What happened to me however many years ago is the reason I am the way I am today. It's an excuse. It's wrong. What happened yesterday is not why you are the way you are. That may be the gravel on the road that got you here. But why you are the way you are is a whole different matter. You are who you are or how you are because of how you've responded to what got you here. What did you do 
with the gravel in your shoe. Right? Too many people, they leave this pebble in their shoe and they complain that their foot hurts. Right? And now, 30 years later, they have a limp because they never got that rock out of their shoe. And they blame the stone. They leave it because they're too lazy to bend over and move it. Now it's comfortable. After all these years, they don't want to change it. There was a time, as Pastor talked about last week, when atonement had to be made for sins. There had to be a sacrifice, a payment that would cover up the wrongs that people had done. I can understand that the world would operate this way. You see it in many movies. The mafia guys, an example has to be made. You wronged me, you got to pay. Right? There is no forgiveness. There is no alternative. You cross me, you're done. That's the way it goes. Unless you can really pay. But we expect that from the world. Because that's the nature. But many Christians still practice this. Some churches still practice this. There's not forgiveness. There's only penance. It's a form of revenge. A self-justification. We expect others to pay when they wrong us. And in turn, we also expect that we will have to pay for what we've done wrong. We try to inflict the vengeance and the wrath of God on ourselves in a small amount that we can handle and on each other in order to right a wrong. (coughs) But it does not work that way. Unless we have a true revelation of the grace and mercy of God, we too will get stuck in this rut. And that's what it is. It is a rut. Because you keep going down this same path. You can't get out left or right. You can't get out. You need someone to pull you up. Right? And we get stuck in there. We get stuck relying on sacrifices and scapegoats. A temporary payment that will appease our conscience and ward off the Lord's anger for a little while. And it becomes nothing more than a ritual, a tradition, instead of an act of repentance. And that's where we find the people in the book of Isaiah. Instead of hoping for God's promise, grateful for the atonement, the people had chosen to slide into the rut of sin and godless living, relying on the sacrifices to try and keep God's anger at bay. And the mentality becomes this. As long as I pay the rent, I don't have to clean the house. As long as I make my sacrifice, I don't have to change my heart. As long as I do enough good deeds, I don't have to say sorry. As long as I serve in the church, I don't have to spend time with God. The list goes on. I'm just picking out a few. And in time, 
even the sacrifices were left undone. So God says to Isaiah, remind the people that the sacrifice is only temporary. I have a better plan. And you guys are missing it. Don't you see what's happening? I'm getting ready to do a new thing. Can you not tell what's going on? Do you not have eyes to perceive it? Do you not sense what's happening? Do you not recognize the times? Did you forget the promise? I'm going to send a Savior, one who will pay the ransom for my people permanently. I want to come to you. I want to live among you. I want to be with you. God is telling Isaiah, there's a new day coming. Get ready. It's not going to be like it was before. I'm making a new covenant. I'm not satisfied with sacrifices and rituals. I will write my decrees and laws on their hearts instead of on tablets. I will place within them a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. Then the people will serve me willingly out of love And I will teach them to fear God so they won't sin. That's God's plan, to have a heart soft towards him. Not so that we keep going through the motions and hopefully we do enough good things. No, no, no. God wants to live with us. He wants to be in us. And that's where Jesus comes in. It's the Passover week, the Holy Week. Two days ago, we remembered the crucifixion, the mock trial that Jesus went through, the accusations, the punishments, the beatings. Jesus is the final sacrifice, the perfect taking the place of the imperfect. When he cried out from the cross, it is finished. The penalty for sin was paid in full. I don't have to try and do good things now to earn forgiveness. I don't have to try and right my wrongs because I can't anyways. Jesus suffered physically. He was beaten and crucified. He suffered emotionally, rejected by men betrayed and disowned by his own disciples, separated from his father and left to die alone. And he suffered spiritually, being carried to hell with the full weight of our sin on him. When Jesus died, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, removing the separation between God and man. I can just see the Father waiting behind the curtain. It's almost time. And when he hears from the cross, it is finished. Rip! I'm busting out of here. And that wasn't just a little curtain like we have hanging in our living rooms. This veil was so thick, 
12 yoke of oxen could not split it. It was strong. There was no accidental tearing of this veil. <laughs> this was God saying, enough. It's done. I'm free. I'm coming out. Now I can be with my people again. See, God's plan has always been to have fellowship with his people. Not just a friendship like we say friendship, but fellowship like a heart-to-heart, -heart, intimate friendship, a deep calling to deep, getting down to the root of who we are and the real things that matter. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, God's heart was broken because their fellowship was destroyed. The only part of creation that God said was very good better than the rest, created in his own image. We are his pride and joy, his prize. And we were cut off from fellowship because of sin. That's why Jesus had to come. The perfect had to redeem the imperfect. After he died, Jesus' body was laid in a brand new borrowed tomb with a giant stone across the door, sealed and guarded by Roman soldiers. Then very early in the morning on the first day of the week, there was a violent earthquake as an angel came and rolled away the stone. The guards shook with fear and became like dead men. These are Roman soldiers. They don't shake for nothing. Right? The Romans were considered to be the most feared and deadly army there was. They came up with the worst punishments and tortures. Nothing moved these guys. But these men shook with fear, became like dead men. And Jesus arose from the grave, having overcome the power of death and hell. It's a new day. The old was finished. The old way of being separate from God was finished. The payment was made. The new covenant has begun. Death is no longer in control. Hell has lost its power. All authority is in the hands of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so caught up in our habits and traditions that we miss God. We miss what God is saying. We miss what God is doing. There were many people in Jesus' day that missed what he was doing. We get stuck in our past, believing that what we have known and experienced is all there is. It's a roller coaster pattern of tests and temptations, trials and triumphs, and one of these days I'll get it right. Kind of frustrating days. Some days we're up, some days we're down. And we're never really sure how we got there or how to get out. Our habits and our thought patterns don't measure up to His. 
God is saying, wake up. It's a new day. It's time for a change. Acting like nothing is wrong isn't cutting it anymore. Pretending we've got it all together is robbing ourselves of God's best. Right? We look good on the outside. We come to church and we put on clean clothes and we do our hair and a little bit of makeup. Sometimes I don't. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Some of us need it more than others and we still aren't allowed to. Um, but we look good on the outside and people smile at us. And we smile back at them. And all is well. But deep down inside, <laughs> we had this saying when, when our kids were little. I don't know where it came from, but I may look like I got it all together. But deep down in the bottom of my shoe, my sock is sliding off. <laughs> yeah, I got a stone in there somewhere. But we're robbing ourselves of God's best because we try to hold on. We try to make it right ourselves. We try and we try and we try and we hang on because that happened to me once. And I won't let go. Skip down to verse 25 of Isaiah 43. God says, he continues with the conversation with Isaiah. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. There is nothing that you or I can do to get rid of the stain of sin from our lives. Only Jesus can do that. The baggage that we carry around is not, in fact, a badge of honor. The only scars that we should be proud of are His. God says, I am the one who blots out your sins. I am the one who wipes your slate clean. I am the one who cancels the record of wrongs against you. I am the one who has delivered you and healed you and set you free. I am the one who makes you righteous. And I picture this statement, review the past, like when he's talking to Job. And he says, tell me, Job, what have you done to make yourself right? Where were you when the world was made? Where were you when the stars were put in place? Did you give life to all living things? The answer is no. Nothing. Right? Then why are you trying to make yourself righteous? Why do we try to make ourselves right? Why do we hold on to that and say, I can beat this thing? God says, I'm the one who does that for you. It's only God that can make us new. 
And that's his plan. He wants us to look like his son. After all, that's what we are when we believe in him. We put our faith and our hope in Jesus. We become children of God. He gives us a new heart, a new identity, and a new citizenship. Forget about the former things. Forget about the sins that I did yesterday. Forget about the wrong I did. I can't make it right. Forget about the things that other people have done that hurt me. Don't hold on to those things. Let go of the hurt and the regrets from the past. There's some of us in this room today listening to this broadcast and we're feeling trapped. You don't know which way to go because everything is dark. You feel hopeless and lost with no light, no peace, no sense of the presence of God. You feel like you're in that tomb where Jesus was. And there's a big stone rolled in front of the door. For some, that rock, that stone, is offense. For some, it's regret. For others, it's unconfessed sin. And often, it's an excuse to stay there. But God wants to shine his light in your situation. God wants to roll that stone away. So get ready for an earthquake, because it might not be pretty. But it's a new day. And God is doing it. It's no more about penance. It's no more about I have to make it right. It's about God making me right. It's a new day. You have an opportunity for a new start. Fear can't stop you. Shame, guilt, regret can't stop you. All of hell and the devil himself can't hold you back. The only thing keeping you in that grave after today is you. Is me. If I don't grab myself by the bootstraps and pull myself out of there, it's on me. Because Jesus already made the way. God already turned the page into a new day. The old covenant is finished. It's complete. It's done. The new covenant has begun. It's a new day. We are free. God wants to shine his light into your life. Now get up and walk out of there. Make the decision today to let the light of Jesus shine in your heart. Let him bring new life. Let him take the weight, the condemnation, and the guilt and replace it with peace, hope, and joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. And then leave it all behind. Don't go back to it. Don't pick it up again. Leave the walls that you think are protecting you when really they're just keeping you from being free. Jesus paid it all. Jesus carried the sin, the hurt, the offense, and every other thing that is contrary to the Spirit and the Word of God. And he buried it. It's finished. No more. There's nothing more to pay. 
So let's not dig up dead bones. Let's stop paying mortgage on a house that's paid for. It's a new day. It's a new day. As we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord today, let it be a new day for you. Let the light of Christ shine in your heart and lead you out of the hell that you may be going through right now into his abundant life. We'll be taking communion shortly. If you've never allowed Jesus to be Lord of your life, if you're holding on to past sins and hurts and regrets, I encourage you today, make that decision to give it all over. Give it to Jesus. Let him make you new. Acknowledge him today and wake up to the new day he has in store for you. Amen. Pastor.